0: Nearly every Memorial Day when I was growing up, the same thing happened. Sometime during the day, our our phone would ring and on the other end of the line would be my grandparents. My dad usually answered the phone. And after they exchanged greetings, my grandparents would always ask the same question. Did you remember Sonny today? Sonny was my grandfather's younger brother. His given name was Byron, but everyone called him Sonny. And when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor in the US entered World War II, Sonny was fresh out of high school, but very patriotic. And he went right down to the recruiting office and volunteered to serve in the Army Air Corps. He was sent first to Africa and fought there. And then he was to be transferred to Italy. He was on a troop ship. Crossing the Mediterranean Sea under the cover of night when the ship was torpedoed by a German U boat and it sank. Now, our family knows that Sonny survived the initial blast because many, many years later, my grand grandmother found a man who had been on the ship with Sonny and he said that he had seen Sonny out in the water holding on to debris. But sometime during the night, Before help came, Sonny slipped under that dark water and he drowned. They never found his body. He was so young, only 21 years old. I don't think I understood the true gravity of that until I had a son that age myself. I looked at his face and I wondered how in the world my great-grandmother survived it when the man from the government came to the house with a telegram about Sonny. Now, as a kid, I thought my parents wanted me to remember Sonny's story because it was important to honor him, to honor his sacrifice, and of course, that's true. But as I've grown older, I've come to understand that there is more to it. That they wanted me to remember Sonny's story, still want me to remember Sonny's story, because in remembering Sonny's story, I remember my own. I remember that I come from a family with a tradition of service. I remember that I come from a family that understands the reality of sacrifice, I remember that I come from a family that treasures freedom and understands what it costs. And that remembering, well, it shapes my life. Have you ever wondered why Memorial Day is observed in May? Well, it's not because some particular battle or war ended in May. No, it's because May is a good time for spring flowers. And flowers can be used to decorate graves. Some of you may remember when Memorial Day was known as Decoration Day and when the cemeteries would be full of people, some of them actually picnicking there or laying a wreath or planting a flower or saying a prayer or holding a short worship service. And on Monday, some people will still do things like that, but many will not. Now for a lot of folks, a Monday will just be a nice holiday, and they'll enjoy that. They'll sleep in late, hang out with their friends or family, maybe barbecue, go to a state park, go shopping. But there will be no moment of silence or prayer or worship, no talk of freedom or of sacrifice. and. Friends, that's part of a larger trend. Because you see, sociologists tell us that today, Americans are more disconnected from tradition and history than ever before. Rather than understand ourselves as part of something greater, as connected to those generations that went before and a link to those who will come after, many of us think of ourselves in very individualistic terms, we think of ourselves as a solo act, living a standalone kind of life. And, Francis, this is just so sad because without a sense, appreciation of tradition and history, it's easy for us to forget who we are and whose we are and what our lives are to be about. You might recall that in George Orwell's novel, 1984, the very first thing that had to be sacrificed to the new world order and system was history, tradition, communal memory, because without that, the people were vulnerable to re-education. They had forgotten who they were. There's an old sermon illustration about a farmer who went for a walk in the woods one day and found a baby eagle on the ground. The farmer looked and looked for the mother eagle, but she was nowhere to be seen. He thought the baby would die if he left it there, so he scooped it up in his coat and carried it back to his farm where he put it in his chicken coop and cared for it the best he could. Well, fast forward a couple of years and that eagle's full grown and people are coming from miles around to see it, scratched around in the barnyard like a chicken. It has huge, beautiful, powerful wings, but it never tries to fly. And some people ask the farmer, how come the eagle never tries to fly away? It just stays here at the farm. And the farmer shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't know, maybe surrounded by chickens, it's forgotten that it's an eagle. Friends, it's just so easy for us to forget who we are. And especially during this pandemic time, when so many of us are staying inside, there are a lot of us who are watching way too much TV and spending hours on the internet. And you do enough of that and you will be bombarded by voices that want to tell you who they are and they are not voices that are grounded in sacred memory. Now, for example, you'll, you'll hear voices that will tell you that you are a self-made person, that you have bootstrapped yourself up and you don't know anything thing to anyone, Friends, what a bunch of hogwash. Every single one of us stands on the shoulders of the generations that have gone before. All of us owe a debt of gratitude for those who have gone before us and who have sacrificed so much so that we can have what we have and be who we are. Or you'll also hear voices that will tell you that... uh, you are what you have. Money should be your highest value. You should worship at its altar. It can be your alternate God. Well, my goodness, friends, our military veterans did not give their lives for the love of money, but for the love of their fellow man. And then, of course, there are always the voices that will tell you that you should judge yourself and others by what you look like, how you appear, you know. They will urge you to adopt the most superficial, shallow view of yourself and your neighbor. So, what are we to do? How can we keep our head on straight, especially during this time? Well, I think Paul has something to say about this. You see, the Apostle Paul, he dealt with some things like this in connection with the church he planted at Thessalonica. Remember that Paul was really a church planter. He would plant a church, get it going, and then he'd move on to the next place. And that's what had happened with the church at Thessalonica. He planted that church there and he moved on and then he kept up with them by letter. And sometime after he left he learned that in his absence, new preachers had come along who were preaching a very different and confusing and false message. The people in the Thessalonian church didn't know what to believe. So Paul wrote them and he said this, stand firm and hold on to the tradition that was passed down to you. Hold on to the tradition. And friends, what is tradition? It is the communal memory of a people, a communal story about where they come from and who they are and who they are called to be. Our tradition, you see, it it inspires us, it guides us, it convicts us, it teaches us, it helps us rise to the highest level of our humanity, it is invaluable. There is power in memory, power in communal story. And friends, do you know that you are part of a great communal story? Certainly, you're part of the American story. That rich history and tradition is yours, but this is also your story. This is also your tradition, your history. You are part of it. You are connected to the story of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Mary and Joseph, of the disciples, of the Apostle Paul, That great story, that great history is also yours. You see, you belong to God. You are a child of God. And this rich tradition, this great history, this communal story, what scholars call the meta-narrative, by it, you are called to live a life of honor and mercy and service to others. You know, because uh, my great-uncle Sonny died so young, there are very few pictures of him. So you can imagine how excited I was some years ago when a relative found in an old shoebox a home movie reel that showed just a, a few seconds of images of, of Sonny. I gather with my family to watch it, and as soon as he came on screen, everybody jumped from their chair and <laughs> circled the TV to look. There he is, they said. He was at some, some family gathering in the film, and you see him there. He, he stands up and he looks at the camera and he smiles, and then he just walks across the room out of the frame. That's all it was. I don't know what I was expecting. He was kind of an ordinary-looking guy, good-looking kid, blonde, wavy hair, kind of lanky. People tell me that my dad looked a lot like Sonny when he was younger. Well, that that old movie reel and a few dog-eared pictures and a Purple heart and a warm, very, very warm velvet box. That's all that's left of Sonny in this world. Well, and his name is on a a monument in Uvalde, Texas that lists the names there of local boys who died in the war. That's about it. Someone like Sonny would be very easy to forget But because my family continues to tell his story, I know I never will. But perhaps more importantly, friends, the church has helped me understand that Sonny, like all of us, is part of something greater. A greater story, God's story. Sonny, like all of us, is God's child, belongs to God, and of course now resides in God's hands. Friends, when you have a hard day, when you've heard too many of those voices that tell you small and individualistic and shallow stories about yourself, or when you have a day when you just feel down and it's hard to hold up your head, I pray you will tap into the power of memory, of history, of tradition, Remember who you are and whose you are and what your life is about, that you are part of God's story, the meta-narrative, that is what defines you and guides you in this life. When in doubt, friends, remember Paul's words. Stand firm and hold on to the tradition that was passed down to you. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for memory. What a treasure it is to hang on to our tradition, our great history as part of your people, God's people. Lord, help us to lean into the power of memory whenever we are in doubt about who we are so we may be those who honor you and your love by embodying it in this world. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us in worship today. I'm Senior Pastor Holly Gotelli. Alamo Heights United Methodist Church is a Christian community of love, hope, and belonging for all. To connect with us, visit ahumc.org or find us on social media.